This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the climate emergency. तब हम अंदर खेलते है लूडो मेरा ग्रैंड फादर वो फिशिंग पे जाते थे वही चल गए बहुत अच्छा लगता है एक्चुअली मुझे नदी के किनारे घूमना बहुत अच्छा लगता है इसीलिए मैं वहाँ गई थी और वहाँ बहुत घूम कर लेकिन वहीं आप रहना नहीं चाहेंगे एकदम जो मतलब मोर डेंजरस है ना वो बहुत ही डेंजरस दैट वाज रेशमा खातन शी लिव्स विद अ फैमिली इन मंसूदीप विलेज इन सागर आइलैंड दिस अग्रेरियन फैमिली है Reshma and her family has to move away. Like many families, they don't even have proper land documents. Sagar Island has a high population density of over 2 lakh people. It is surrounded by the Bay of Bengal, Hooghly River and Muri Ganga River, and this delta is highly sensitive to erosion, flooding and salinization. Cyclone, embankment failures, submergence and storms are very common in these islands. especially as climate change aggravates the situation whenever the island's edges erode or when people want to find better land and work people shift further inside the island the local authorities there say that even the famous kapil muni temple has been rebuilt four times i'm vaishali a reporter for suno india last month i visited sagar island as part of internews's media workshop on climate change climate justice and resilience some parts of this episode will be in bengali and you can find the episode transcript on our website in many places along the edge of sagar island people live in small houses which are built on clay soil there the sea water constantly keeps coming into the land often taking homes and even the land along with it Many people living there are so poor that they don't even have the luxury to relocate. While agriculture is their primary occupation, they also rely on fishing and prawn baby collection. The residents there say that the mangroves which have protected the land from the sea's force have been destroyed, and this leaves them vulnerable. Also, when the other locally grown wild plants are taken down for the agricultural purposes, it makes the land vulnerable to erosion. In other words the land simply cannot hold itself together anymore there and it often faces the wrath of frequent cyclones Sagar island is basically sandy so very less clay uh, abundance is there so if the clay is there the mangrove should have been have some capacity to protect the river banks or the uh, beach like that there are casuarina plantation there are some other varieties of plants but mostly the sagar island uh, coast near sea areas are uh, basically barren there is no such uh, thick plant cover so that is not really protecting the plants 
present there they are those are not really protecting the island margin and that is totally exposed to any kind of uh, wave action or cyclonic condition or something like that storm surges so it is not really happening there Professor Tuhin Ghosh from the School of Oceanographic Studies in Jadavpur University has been researching about the Sundarbans since 1993-94. He joins us to share his observations on the Sagar Island. The lanes in the Sumati Nagar were very slippery and clayey and were barely walkable. It is because of the sea water which had come in. The locality is slowly losing itself to the sea water. They have made sand dunes as land dividers and the land in between is filled with water. Many who live here live in abject poverty with the sea playing the role of friend and foe at the same time in their lives. In 2009, Cyclone Isla had impacted Sagar Island immensely. Many people living there claim that the government did not compensate them then because the government hasn't classified these areas under zones affected by Cyclone Isla. For Benubala Shah, who lives in a house that is on the edge of Sumati Nagar, their homes being flooded no longer evokes strong emotions. When Ayla came, we all moved to Neel Bazaar. Our entire house was filled with water. We have a local doctor here. When the salty water comes in, we all go there to get some medicine. We are used to it now. A doctor in the local hospital there who didn't want to be named said that people living in the salty and wet conditions are more prone to fever, blood pressure, skin diseases and respiratory diseases. They are having fever with very high grade temperature which is not responding to any um, regular treatment we are giving. Uh, actually, uh, trending change in fever we are facing last 2-3 to three years. This year, we are facing it uh, in a larger way. And uh, we are facing skin disease problems gradually increasing. And we are facing a lot of COPD patients. That means uh, COPD, COPD, respiratory distress patients. And um, a lot, um, big number of children, a lot of children are getting uh, respiratory distress these days. Uh, mostly they um, use pond water maybe, or um, they stay in wet clothes. Uh, that may be the reason it's not responding to treatment and uh, with prolonged treatment the uh, fungus is getting maybe resistant to the usual treatment. Low frequency and high intensity rainfall and saline water not only affects their health but also affects the agriculture, fishing, prawn collection and trade. Most of the land there is agricultural. Paddy is the primary crop and they have salt-resistant varieties to grow. Alternative options are needed for them to sustain. The local MLA Bankin Chandra Hazra said that the panchayats have a budget for digging ponds with fruit trees around them. This way, the people have two sources of income, that is fish farming and fruits. Due to agricultural issues like yield levels, land availability and water quality, People there opted for fish and prawn baby collection. This change affects both the quantity of prawns and fishes. A fisherwoman who lives in Begukali said that overfishing is very common there.
I have four kids. My husband works in the field. Our main source of income is agriculture. I do fishing in the river at times. There is not much fish left in the river, and that's the problem. We can't catch sweet fish like pona here anymore. There are so many families here. About five to six years ago, fish were in abundance. Overfishing is the biggest issue here. In Sagar Island, there is very smaller patch of mangroves, and uh, last few years, plantation uh, some patches became very rich. That is true, but people are not really dependent on mangroves. Those mangrove patches are not sufficient. People are mostly dependent on agriculture, and there is no inland mangrove. Everything already reclaimed. They cleared the mangroves. Okay. Number two is the salinity is increasing. So from our survey, we got that the offshore fishing is very popular in Sagar, and people are getting new varieties of fish, uh, high saline species. They are getting nowadays last 10-15 years, and they lost some middle saline species. And the people of Sagar, they are not fully dependent on ecosystem services other than fishing and agriculture. They do need not to go inside the forest because there is no forest. there is no honey there is no crab from from the forest the eastern side people they usually get if they fail in agriculture or fishing they migrate from their area seasonally to other states or towards the city of kolkata otherwise they are not really adapting with the situation like mr tuhin said Many youngsters, especially young men, have migrated to the other parts of the country to find alternative livelihood options. We can't even do agriculture here. My son moved to Gujarat for work. He is 22 now. He has been earning for the house from there for the last two years. He gets around rupees six thousand. That was Durga Shah from Sumati Nagar. There are also those who cannot afford to move out. They have one of their family members sending them money. This is interesting because Sagar Island once saw a wave of immigration from other islands like Gora Mara. After that, the local authorities say that the land left to give to more people kept falling. After that, Mr. Hazra said that the land left to give to more people kept falling. In the 1960s and 70s. Thousand hundred and twenty families moved to Sagar Island, and they were given two acres of land each. And as time went on, they couldn't provide that much. Many people there live on lands classified as forest land. Immigration happened whenever uh, in the initial phase, because the people of Sagar Island are mostly from Medinipur and Orissa, so that happened long back. In between, in seventies, early seventies, or middle of seventies, there are some uh, erosional uh, features uh, happened in Lohachara and Gorakhara. So from there, people uh, migrated to uh, Sagar Island, and uh, presently the people they are moving outside. They are mostly choosing Kerala and other places, Tamil Nadu, those places because the labor force in those states are basically sitting in. list so there is a void in the labor force and they are getting regular job and overtime and good amount of wages daily wages so people are going so individually they are migrating out for 3 months 4 months 6 months even 9 months and the people they 
have their own land, they prefer the construction job because in the monsoon they can come back. While the men move out to other states for work, the women there stay back and find ways to safeguard their lands as well as earn a living. But this is not an easy task because they face the wrath of the river and the sea now more than ever. Women are the ones who mainly do fishing. When we sell 1000 bagra prawns, we only get rupees 100. We need to work even harder now. Due to the river, we can't make a proper house here. That is why we live in this shack. Every day, the river breaks away chunks of land. A lot of people have lost their belongings to the river through this. This fisherwoman, who was hesitant to say her name, lives on the coast of Begukali. Her neighbour, Angur Das, who is 75 years old, said that the river water also comes into the land. Just the previous night, there was a loud, flashy and heavy downpour. Tohen tells us more about this. Shagar Island is just on the confluence. Okay. And the estuary system is mostly controlled by the river Ganges or its lower course, river Hooghly. So the other coast, western side, is the Medinipur coast. And in between the two banks, there are a lot of islands. So the estuary complex is basically controlled by the upland water availability and the sedimented sedimentation in the estuary, the sediment transported towards the estuary. And also there is some tectonic control towards east. So riverbed is tilting towards east. So all these three factors are basically influencing this part. And gradually what happened, the Koramara Island has become almost half due to erosion. And Lohachara and Bedford Islands submerged underwater. But the Ognimari Chor, which is now called as Noya Chor, has increased at least four times, five times, just above Boramar Island. And there is another island coming up on the top of north of Noya Chor Island, that is Baladibad. And these two are going to be joined. And Noya Chor Island is gradually going to attach with the mainland towards Medinipur or Holdia. So people are talking about the sea level rise impact on Goramara, Lohachara and Bedford. So I am a little bit at some different observation regarding this. The rivers of Sundarbon, except Hooghly and Matla, no other rivers are really rivers now because they don't have all around the year fresh water supply from the upland. So they are acting like river, not rivers, like creeks tidal creeks. So in the high tide, the tide water is entering through those rivers like Thakuran, Rapamukhi, all this, and then coming out from due to the during the low tide. So whenever the high tide is coming, if the river has no fresh water flow from the upland, so there is no salt wedge, the tidal water is entering throughout the channel and the river salination is affecting the soil salination. So if there are some mangrove 
zonation from that high high saline mangroves and middle middle saline or low saline if the channel is poured with the salt water then the mangrove zonation will also change the low saline mangroves will die instead there will be they will be replaced by high saline or middle saline mangroves and the mangrove ecosystem services which are actually controlling the species availability of fish and crab and all these things that will also change so that will indirectly actually will impact on the livelihood of the people when we asked mla hasra how they are tackling the major issues of erosion and migration he said that they are building protection walls to tackle the sea level rise and they are giving coconut trees for the people to plant he also says that they are now only seeing such impacts and only now the state has even approached the center to ask for their aid and guidance mr tohin what do you think about it it might be 10 15 years uh, planning so growing a coconut tree is a matter of 5 to 6 years at least so if it is uh, that place is under erosion and people are suffering they are in the alarm condition of being displaced then if you provide them coconut tree and you plant and you, it will save you it's kind of i don't know it's kind of hoarding it's <laughs> there is no meaning but if we have some kind of specific planning that the okay we are living behind this 50 meters kind of buffer from the island margin and we are planting coconut tree so that if the 50 meter towards margin is gone under the water still these coconut trees after 4 5 years will protect us but uh, that kind of planning is not there right? i don't know so this kind of basically uh, show off kind of things are there and if you you have you have uh, some uh, exposure on the uh, the flood shelter or the multipurpose cyclone shelter within the sagar island probably and uh, in one small uh, effort we found that the three or four uh, multipurpose cyclone shelters out of four basically three are not in the appropriate position location so those are basically there is no function about them because those areas are not affected by cyclone or something like that but still they have installed with their public money within the, the, those locations only one out of four is uh, efficient uh, multipurpose cyclone shelter so planning and development and all these kinds of uh, hoarding is going on every time so i am not really very confident about this uh, efficiency of this kind of planning or development process it depends on how one individual is thinking and how he can he or she can influence the local government uh, that should not be the real kind of governance so earlier time also we have seen this kind of action and inaction both action is whether we are trying to discriminate some people and then we will do something for our loved people or uh, what i say uh, close people and there are a lot of inaction because those people are not liked by us and people are being discriminated from the government scheme from the policy from the regulation from this kind of aid or kind of uh, rehabilitation relocation process or every kind of government uh, access uh, point of view
another thing i wanted to ask you is in your email you had said that there aren't adequate data when it comes to climate change in indian sundarbans how else are we arriving at these observations yeah the problem is that uh, pure scientific research in indian sundarbans is really lacking it has been done with mangroves and some part of research related to human and groundwater all all these things but related to climate change there is very limited research so for example that people are telling about the temperature rainfall is rising there is no specific weather station within the indian part of sundarban except few part in the western part but uh, we are now uh, totally dependent on the alipur that is a kolkata city weather station data and from there we can easily identify that the temperature is rising the total rainfall is rising all these things but it's from the city data that's a difficulty for uh, concluding anything about the sundarban climate change a triangle like delta sundarban delta is not similar to the uh, city environment okay so the temperature in city is rising definitely but whether the western part of sundarban and eastern part of sundarban or northern part of sundarban temperature data is really increasing at the same rate as the city temperature rate i don't know because there is no weather station in sundarban and also regarding the salinity in the river water or soil people are always talking that the river salination or the soil salination in the islands are going higher from the earlier time but where is the baseline data in absence of any baseline data how can we infer that the soil salinity or the river salinity is increasing so it's our perception and the same perception people of sundarban they are having the people are talking the agriculturists the fishermen in sundarban they are talking about this that the salinity is increasing so that is okay. the limitation of the climate change issue in the indian sundarban and also i have to add that the sea level rise so there are varied data 2 mm per year to 12 mm per year somewhere i have seen 16 mm per year also the same person one person one scientist is producing so many data so which one we should rely number 2 is the sea level rise whether it is relative sea level rise so location specific or it is the overall sea level rise mean sea level rise for the indian sundarban delta that is not so clear during our visit to the villages we were also told that the residents have been made aware of the sea level rise and the effects of salinization through various ngos and research organizations the erosion doesn't just affect the livelihoods of people through their lands mr hazra had said that 560 acres of agricultural land in just 14 villages of sagar block have been lost due to erosion sagar block doesn't only include sagar island It also includes Goramara and Musini. Goramara has lost almost half of its land to the sea. When the islands that form the Tiger Reserve erode, it also leads to the movement of tiger into these human-inhabited places, and that causes further loss to their lives and properties. But Mr. Tuhin had also said that the islands there don't only erode; they increase in size as well. 
what are the factors that impact this is it a natural process there are some intervention from the kolkata port trust and they installed two guide walls instead of seven and the design suggested seven guide walls and the remaining five guide walls which were not installed you can see everywhere there is erosion the guide walls actually suggested for the enhanced navigability in the boldia port so big barges uh, they could not enter into the boldia port that time and now no medium level barges also can fly into the boldia port so they actually wait near the estuary and smaller barges are actually carrying the all the containers to the port so it is totally choked up the navigation channel towards the holdia port from the sea five other uninstalled guidewall locations are under erosion and people are talking about sea level rise for that erosion installation of parakka barrage is another reason because the water velocity is becoming low the volume of water is going towards estuary is low and the sediment carrying capacity of the river is going uh, dropping basically and they are pour, putting the sediments within the river beds the open sea islands like jomudi long sagar sand they are not much affected by the sea level rise but the islands within 30 km inside the estuary are being affected and the adjoining islands are growing so how can we explain this sea level rise impact the sea level rise is not the prime reason for this degradation so whenever the monsoon uh, water is coming if the river bed becomes shallower then the retention capacity of the river is becoming less so the water pressure is towards the banks okay so rivers are widening due to this shallowing up of river beds and the river banks are becoming uh, under erosion okay so erosion is going on but the where the sediments eroded sediments are going in the eastern side near jharkhali and pathar pratima there are lot of islands emerged they have become 4 5 6 even 8 square kilometer in last 30 years our recent study we we found that and these islands are becoming more and more stable covered with vegetation especially mangroves and in our recent study about the fringe mangroves not the exact core area or buffer area mangroves we found that around 47% increase happened in the fringe mangrove coverage and out of that 47% 39% increase due to this emergence of islands new islands and covered mangroves situation is due to the supply of sediments from the upland rivers if the sediment supply is less the delta progradation rate is less and sometimes the progradation is stopped due to the human intervention and all other uh, sediment starvation or other causes uh, so the natural system is no more within the hubli estuary and in other few other parts of uh, sundarbon also so there are lot of cut from the upper side say the river ichamoti the vidya canal and all these things already cut down they don't have any fresh water flow sagar island is a picturesque island 
but the distress of those living there is far from it. At a time when the alarm rings across the world due to the climate emergency we face today, it is imperative that the government wakes up to the daily reality of those living on Sagar Island. Many thanks to Internews for the workshop and supporting the travel and stay and also for helping me understand the local impacts of climate change. Thank you for listening to this episode of Climate Emergency. To know as and when an episode is released, do subscribe to our newsletter on sunoindia.in and you can also follow us on any podcast app of your choice.